visited him. He, you know, was coming into hospice, and he was, you know, he was very, very ill. And we were asking him, I asked him the question, I said, do you, do you want to be put on a respirator should something happen? He goes, oh, yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, well, how old are you? Oh, I'm 90, you know, he's some late 80s, early 90s, whatever. And he's very frail, been sick for many years, and, you know, he has terminal disease. And I said, well, we reviewed all that, and I said, you know, you need, do, you, do you still want to be put on a respirator should something happen? Oh, yes. And I said, well, what's the reason? He says, well, I may choose not to die. <laughs> I go, what? You know, it's like, okay, yep, yeah, you know, the, I may choose not to die. You know, it's, it's called def- death deferred. There's the word. That we, de- we defer, I defer from death, I choose not to. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, you know, you, you know. It's like I can have, I can choose whenever I want to, and uh, that's not the way it is. I'm sorry, we don't, if you're waiting to figure out you got a choice when the end is up, <clears throat> sorry to say, you don't. And uh, sorry to say, this individual and their family hadn't worked through that whole process, and it was, he went out of our program and everything else because he wanted to be put on life support system, and they put him on life support system, and I believe he was on for weeks until finally it was, you know, they just couldn't sustain it anymore, and the family made up their mind that I guess he's choosing to go. Uh, but in our life, there are so many choices that we make, and I was thinking of it in the context that God has made a choice, okay? God has made a choice, and what is God's choice? Okay, it, what is God's choice towards us? And there's two scriptures that I want to read, and they are Jeremiah chapter 1, verse uh, 11 and 12. God's message came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, a walking stick, that's all. And God said, good eyes, I'm sticking with you. I'll make every word I give you come true. Okay. And so God has a message. And of course, Ruth, what's the next one in Jeremiah? Jeremiah 29.11, which says in the Message Bible, God, this is verse 10 and 11, God's word on the subject. Okay, God has a message for you. God's word on the subject is, as soon as Babylon's 70 years are up, not a day before, I'll show up and take you and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. So, whenever we think that God has plans for us, well, if we would look at, the, look at Jeremiah, let's just look at him for a few moments. Uh, Jeremiah, in light of today's standards, is a complete and total failure. (laughs) I mean, Jeremiah is, you know, (laughs) for 40 years, he was a spokesman for God to the tribe of Judah. And when Jeremiah spoke, nobody listened. (laughs) You know, when Jeremiah spoke, literally no one listened. He urged the people to act, 
to change their ways, to hear the voice of God, that they were going into punish. They were, you know, the, Israel was going to be punished by the Babylonian captivity, but they didn't want to hear it. And so the kings then got other false prophets around them, and he had the false prophets tell, them, tell him, the king, what they wanted to hear. And Jeremiah comes along and gives them the word from God, and we don't, he's, not a, he, he's no good. And Jeremiah then um, had severe, he gave the word of God under severe duress. I mean, he was, he was persecuted, he was thrown in prison, he was thrown in a cistern. <laughs> Do you know what a cistern is? It's the opposite of a brethren. <laughs> Just kidding. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. A cistern is, you got, you got a well, it's, it's a well, okay? You dig a hole down like the top of a well, and, you know, you know, maybe three feet, two feet wide, and then as it goes down a few feet, it goes way out like a, I don't know, an apple on a cord. There we go. An apple with its stem, you know? You got a small stem, and then underground, it just big open cavern they dig it out and that's where they would have water running into the cistern well often the cisterns anything that fell in there never got out and if they're muddy and mucky from the water coming in there so jeremiah was thrown into one of them and there is no way of escape and you know there's no light down there and there's no food down there there may be may not be water and they put him in one of those. I mean, so Jeremiah was not very well regarded. His audience didn't listen to him. His neighbors forsook him. Um, but in God's eyes, Jeremiah is one of the most successful prophets. <laughs> Jeremiah is one of the most successful prophets, and yet he didn't have anybody follow him. Because Jeremiah was obedient, regardless of the opposition. He had a message from God to his life and a message from God to the children of Israel, to Judah. And so what we have to recognize here in, we see this in verse, in chapter 1, how that Jeremiah hears the call of God and knows that God has called him and has given him, as it were, his personal word. God has given to Jeremiah his personal word for his life. And then God gives to Jeremiah the word for the nation of Judah and for Israel. And Jeremiah's word for his life was one of security and that he was right in what the message that he'd heard and confirmed the message in his heart by God confirming it. And then he took the message that God gave him for the people and kept telling them. And he kept telling them, repent and turn to God or he's going to punish you. Repent and turn to God, or, you know, it's not going to go well for you. Well, the Babylonian captivity, if, we, you know, we've spoken about that a number of times, but the Babylonians, the first time they came and ransacked Israel, that's when they took Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego to, you know, the, the best of the best of, the, of, of Israel back to Babylon. Well, then they kept coming back and <laughs> taking more people, and the king of, of, of Israel, of Judah, decided they weren't going to go, and the false prophets told the king, we can fight and we can last because God wants to protect us. Jeremiah's in this city, and he's telling them, guess what? 
This is God's act upon your life. Surrender to the, to, to the Babylonians and go to Babylon. They didn't listen to Jeremiah. And so they besieged the city, and it was a terrible, terrible time in which they were resorted even to cannibalism in the, within the city walls. And Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, weeped for the city of Jerusalem and weeped for the people, and he was there in the midst of that. But back to chapter 1. <laughs> chapter 1, verse 5. I like this one also. We've quoted it a number of times. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. See, God has a message for us. And his message to us, for us, is that when you were yet in your mother's womb and you didn't have a thing to say about who you are or what you're going to be, you didn't have, whether you were going to be a male or a female, boy, girl, you didn't have any say in any of that. God knew who you were and he knew all about you. He shaped you. Now, he didn't shape me like this, but I made myself like this, okay? But, but God... But God shaped us, you know, made our character, put it all together. And before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Now we would say, okay, that's God speaking to Jeremiah. But it doesn't stop with just the prophet. It is one of those declarative statements that is not only to Jeremiah, but is to every one of us who are his child. And that God has a plan for us. And God has a purpose for us. And he told Jeremiah, you're going to be a prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind for you. Okay, so God comes to Jeremiah and he tells him. The word of the Lord came to him. Now, in those days, the spirit, as it were, would come, reveal himself to the individual, and as it were, speak into, their, into your heart, into their heart or mind. Now, was it an audible voice? May have been for some, and others it wasn't. It was, it was kind of like, <clears throat> it was a revelation to their heart. Now, you and I, we're here. This is the word of God, okay? Now, there are, it's full of stories. It's full of promises. It's full of um, direction to stand to sit to wait you know that it's, it's security that in the midst of trouble on not forsake so we have all of these things going on throughout the book remember a few weeks ago spoke about how that if we took the book the bible and put together the intentions of the stories the provision of god the promises of god the works of god the uh, Spirit of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the um, gifts of the Spirit, fruits of the Spirit, put them all together, and you began to put them into shape, and you'd have Jesus Christ. Okay? That's Jesus. The Word made flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word is as if God, Jesus himself, is speaking to us. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, opens the door to him, opens the door to me, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. So God knocks at our door to give us a message. And he gives that message to us by his word and 
by his spirit. And the spirit and the word come together to touch our spirit and our minds and our hearts to know this is the way, walk ye in it. Be still and know that I am God. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That I, that the, the Spirit of God, that he will quicken your mortal bodies. That when the Spirit of God abides within us, he will quicken our mortal bodies. When the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. So this is the word of God, and there are many different facets to it. And just like in a conversation you would have with anyone else, God has a conversation with us about our life, about right where we're at, about what we need, what, we, what God's provision for us is. And see, this is the thing we, we have to take into account, that the word comes to us to prepare us for what is ahead and for what we're going through. Jeremiah was telling the people, God has a plan for you, his people, and he wanted them to repent so that they wouldn't go, have to go into captivity and be separated from Jerusalem and from Israel, but they wouldn't repent. So they suffered the consequences of that and went to Babylon for 70 years. It was a punishment for their sin, but it was also a restorative feature. It was a restoration because they needed to a generation had to be out of Jerusalem, be away from all of the false prophets and away from the critics and the gods that they had made out from made up of their neighboring countries, and they needed to be out and recognize that God is the one who called Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's the one who called the nation and brought it out of Egypt, set them up in Israel, put them together, took, had them conquer the land and, and established them there. But they had forgotten about that. So now they go into captivity. Jeremiah is saying, repent, and you won't have to go. But they didn't listen. So what did they do? They went into captivity. And Jeremiah tells them, 70 years. God tells Jeremiah, 70 years, not one day sooner, not one day later. I'll bring him back. <laughs> and it happened that way. And in 70 years, the Medes and the Persians conquered the Babylonians, and, and Daniel moves on to the new empire, and it all turns around, and the children of Israel come back. They come back to the promised land. So here we have the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah with a satisfying assurance. God comes to us with a satisfying assurance that, you know what? If this is going to happen, I'm going to have, I'm going to have it work through you. See, we can't sit down and say, okay, God, you're going to go into all the world and take the gospel there. I'm going to sit here and wait till it's done. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. God wants us to do our part where we are at. God wants us to do our part where we are at. And, and his word comes to us, and God has a message for us. Okay? God has a message. And what is the message? Doom and gloom. <laughs> 
woe is me. Uh, my life is over. Uh, things aren't going to work. Other people causing me to fall. The government, you know, if we don't get the president out of there, our world is going to end. If we get a new president in, they'll probably be worse. You know, and the politicians are bad and they're corrupt and, you know, they're, you know, I mean, we, woe is me, woe is me. Gas prices have come down, but don't worry, they'll go up. Uh, you know, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a woeful, woe, 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 woeful time and which we can, we can see whatever it is. You know, like, wow, prices are up. God's provisions are going up. Well, see, what is God speaking to you and what do you speak to you? See? What do you speak to you? What we want to hear, what does God speak to us? And you see, in this, in this context, um, he is telling us, he's telling Jeremiah that he had ordained him a prophet to the nations. He had ordained him even before he was born. Now, a number of, a number of you I've stood here and held you as your parents, you know, brought you and dedicated you to the Lord. What do you think they had in mind when you were standing there, when I was holding you and they were looking, oh, what proud parents, you know. You have any, you have any idea? You know? When we uh, dedicated Rachel, it was up in Maine, and, uh, and, and it was just like, well, I just knew she was, she was going to be She's going to be all right, that God had a plan for her. And same thing with David when, you know, it was just like had a special, some people had special words for David. And, uh, and you know, between the two of them, I didn't know if they, either one of them had a prayer, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, when she was in sixth grade, it was, one of us was going to die, and it wasn't going to be me. It was going to be her. <laughs> Not really. Well, she was very uh, strong-willed, stubborn, some people would call, and she had the wrong friends, and one of the teachers told Rhonda, uh, I wouldn't give you a dime for that kid because she was running with the wrong crowd and just was a mess. So we had a talking to her, I don't think that worked. But anyhow, <laughs> she changed her friends. She changed her friends. Took up cheering. <laughs> her and Paula. <laughs> and uh, took up cheering, made some new friends, did a complete turnaround. And the same teacher that said, I wouldn't give you a dime for her, said, I wish all of my girls, any of my girls, all of my girls would turn out as good as Rachel. Now, yeah, and he wanted her to babysit his children. So the idea is God has a word for you. Where you are at in your life, you know, maybe in a bad time, uh, a difficult time, but God has a word for you. It may be in a very good time of your life. Everything's coming together. God has a word for you. See, God has a word for you. God has a purpose for you. And that before you even had the intellect to know you could even choose, God had already chosen what he wanted you to do. Then we have the, we have the 
freedom to choose what God wants us to choose. We have the freedom to follow God's path or to try and make it on our own. And see, that's the the right of choice that God will never take away from us. But he will bring his word to us. He will bring his word to us and speak it to our hearts by reading it, by being in church, being in Sunday school, uh, by preaching, hearing it taught, by reading a devotional, whatever. God speaks his word to us, and it is ongoing renewal. And all that ongoing renewal is about shoring up that original purpose for our life. And what we are doing is, sometimes it's discovering it as we go. You know, I, often, I remember Rachel was in third grade. She decided to be a substitute. Uh, Decided to be a substitute teacher. Decided to be a, uh, with Denise, second grade. Yeah. In second grade, Rachel's heart was to work with special needs students. Second grade. She never veered from that through high school and going into college, out of school and teaching. She's never veered from what she got in second grade. Because that was, here, that was a purpose spoken into her heart. David, on the other hand, <laughs> I never knew what he would do, but he went to El Salvador to visit, and everything came together. And that was when he was 22 years old. So Rachel in second grade and David at 22 came together. I'm still looking, but uh, <laughs> no. But, you know, the whole idea of what, who we are we don't, sometimes it's a, an ongoing revelation. Sometimes it's an ongoing persistence. It's an ongoing purpose that God continues to unveil to us. Because we're not at the end yet. When it's not over. Do you know how we know it's not over? You're still here. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean if you walk out of the church, it's over. But I'm telling you that we're still living. <laughs> You're still alive. And when your life is over and you go to the pearly gates and we want God to say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant, we know it's over, okay? But until then, God has a plan for us. God has a purpose for us. And we are to be forward in this whole thing, that to go on with this revelation, to go on with this understanding, And God is telling Jeremiah, he says, but I said, hold it, Master God. This is Jeremiah, excuse me, saying to God, God, uh, hold on here a minute. You have a purpose for me while I was yet in my mother's womb. Before I even saw the light of day, you had a plan for me. And Jeremiah says, God, hold on. This is verse uh, 6. God, look at me. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. I'm only a boy. <laughs> now, if he'd have been a girl, he'd have said, yes. No. <laughs> I knew it, God. <laughs> you had plans. No. Jeremiah, he's there and he says, hold on. You're, you don't know what you're talking about here. I'm just a boy and you're telling me I'm going to be a prophet. See? God places in our hearts the things that we need. And sometimes we not, may not know the direction, but he always gives to us the spirit. 
spirit, being sensitive to God's leading, being sensitive to what God is seeking, speaking to us, directing us. We we want to be sensitive to his spirit. You know, um, when I went to college, I don't know why I brought all this stuff up. When I went to college, I was going to be a phys ed teacher and a football coach. And I was going to play football in college, be a phys ed teacher, and teach phys ed. So I went to school, and that was the whole intent. And, but the school I went to was the one that I met, Rhonda, <laughs> was the one, the church that I went to down there. Uh, the pastor there was very much connected to Zion Bible Institute, or North Point now. And he said, and, and that's when God called me to the ministry, but it was after I was at the place where I was going to go to be a football coach. Because following the dream to be a football coach put me in a place where I had the correct dream coming together, the correct plan coming together, meeting Rhonda and going off to Bible college. So from where I was at, I didn't know I was going to be a preacher at home. While where I was at in high school and picking a choice for college, being a preacher was not what I had intended. But following the direction that I felt was correct, when I finally, when I reached that point of being in school in the second year, Rhonda shows up and Zion opens up and the next thing you know, I'm off to Bible school the next year. And long story short, here I am. (laughs) But God had a purpose and so we don't always know what that purpose is, but God continues to reveal it. And many times we're, hold on God, do you see this? It's me here, you know. I'm here and you're there and what you want me to do is way out there. Don't worry about it. Because God told him, verse 7, God told me, don't say I'm only a boy. I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you where to go and you'll go there. I'll tell you what to say and you'll say it. See, one of the difficulties with our life is I can't get there from here, and I can't talk. I, I really don't know what to say. I really am not qualified. And God is saying, don't worry about getting there, and don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't be afraid of a soul. Don't be afraid of other people. Sometimes our greatest fear is that somebody else might not like us. Well, Get over it. Because <laughs> people are not going to like you. Well, and that's not because you're not likable. It's just because they don't like, they wouldn't like anybody that was there. They wouldn't like anybody in that position. So get over it. And, and the idea then, God tells Jeremiah, I'll be right there looking after you. So when you're there, it's okay if somebody doesn't like. You see, you can't wait till everybody gets on the bus. <laughs> Now, you know something about buses, right, Sheila? Yeah. <laughs> and Tabby, well, their little one got on uh, the wrong bus. <laughs> and the bus pulled out. And it was quite a stressful time. So when you're on the wrong bus, it's a very stressful life, okay? Not only for yourself, but for all those around you. But God has a way of working all things out Fortunately, it all came back to good, and they need to work on that and straighten that out. The school does. But in our own life, 
God is right there all the time helping us through the whole situation. Verse 9, God reached out, touched my mouth, and said, Look, I've just put my words in your mouth, hand-delivered. When the time comes, when the time is right, God will give you the words to say. Always. Doesn't matter how your abilities or inabilities are. If God puts his words, his thoughts, into your mind and into your heart, speak them. Not with, you were talking about inflection and, not whether you're going to listen to me or else. <laughs> uh, this is what I feel that I should tell you. This is what I feel that I should say. And that's what this whole message today, this is what I feel that God wants us to know. That God is speaking to our lives, your life, my life. God is speaking to us, and he's telling us, I knew you before you were even born. I had a plan for you long before you even thought of a plan. Before you even seen the light of day, I had a place for you in my kingdom and in what I wanted you to do in my kingdom. And you're part of it. Going on with your dreams and following your dreams are all part of it. But our life is not a dream. Our life is combined, is following the word, following the path, letting God's light be a light to our path, that we are walking in the steps of Jesus. We are walking where he has already gone before us. We're not on our own in this. And he goes on, he says, you know, I've, I've put my words in your mouth, hand-delivered. See what I've done, okay? That's why we read the scriptures. See what I've done, see what I've put together, not only in other people's lives, but what I'll put together in your life. Your job is to pull up and tear down, take apart and demolish. Sounds like Ralph the Wrecker, right? Is it Ralph the Wrecker? Is it Ralph the Wrecker? Is it? Huh? Yeah. What is it? I'm looking. Close enough? Ralph the Wrecker. Anyhow, he's a, he's a smasher-upper type of guy. Well, Jeremiah is going to tell them what they need to do, what they need to tear apart. But, verse 11 and 12, God's message came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? And this is his first revelation. This is his first vision. I said, ah, walking stick. That's all. And God said, good eyes. I'm sticking with you. I'll make every word I give you come true. <laughs> I'll make every word I give you come true. Jeremiah had a word that nobody would listen to. But God said, what I tell you, you speak, and it's all going to come true. And um, Ruth, we're not going to get to Jeremiah 29, 11, but <laughs> well, maybe next week. But the idea is God has a plan for us. Before you were even born, he has a plan. And in the midst of your life, no matter where you're at, God's, God hasn't forsaken the plan. And that God has his word to put in our mouth so that we can speak the truth in love, so that we can allow his truth to speak to us and to direct our lives. Because God has a purpose for us right where we are, or you wouldn't be there. So in this place where you are, allow God's word to speak to your heart to, to, make, to allow you to feel safe, 
in his presence, secure in the knowledge that I am loved and that God will direct me in the steps of my life. As it was with David, king, (laughs) general, (laughs) conqueror, leader of armies, leader of a nation. God led him to take down a giant. God led him to fight the armies of the Philistine. God led him as he hid for his life. God led him to the throne of Israel. God spoke to him, from your descendants will come my son. Hmm. See, we never know where we're at in the plan of things. We just know that we're here in allowing God to speak to our hearts. Shall we stand? And everything, I'll make every word I give you come true. (laughs) What God speaks to your heart, God will make. See, what God speaks to your heart, God will make it come true. It's not up to us to make it happen. It's up to us to be available for God to make it happen. Father, thank you for your word that you speak to our hearts and that, Lord, that in your plans, you have, you have a purpose for us, and it isn't in the acceptance or in the everybody agreeing with what we have to say, but, God, it's in your work and your will and your life, O oh God, in us that all things will come together, that your will, we will follow the path that we are on, knowing that you will lead us each step of the way. And whether the path leads in a different direction or we will come to a dead end and we have to turn left or right, God, whatever it is, speak your word to our hearts and we will find peace, we will find direction, we will find power. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you.